welcome to Sean and Lydia Happy Hour, coming at you from Studio Easy Peasy, Des Moines, Iowa. It's been 10 months since we've come at you, but mm -hmm. Lydia's here with me, and we have a special guest all the way from the West Coast, Best Coast. We've got Daniel Turner coming back into town. Daniel, it's been a long time since you've been on a, a podcast with me, last one being Easy Peasy Podcast. Welcome to the show. I'm so happy to be back. Thank you all for having me. It Absolutely. has been. I remember sitting in this room and doing the easy peasy with y'all. Yeah. And it's been a minute. So I'm happy to be back. Yeah, it has been. I think that's like five, six years or whatever. But everyone, listeners playing at home, light your favorite scented candles, pop a bottle of the goodly goodly, and <laughs> join us in a cold beverage for the yeah. Sean and Lydia happy hour. Cheers, y'all. Cheers. Hey, hey. Cheers, cheers, cheers. Yes. <sighs> it is December 2023. So, you know, this is the time of year where we think back on the year and we bring out all the our favorites of the year, recapping on our events, moments, music, TV, movies, and games. And so we're just going to kick it off with getting to know Daniel, reacquainting him to our listeners, and also kind of setting the stage for what he's up to and what he does. Mm -hmm. So Daniel, if you could just kind of tell us where where at on the West Coast are you? Yeah, so I've been in the Bay Area for the past, let's see, nine years now. Wow. Oh, wow. That's yeah. a long time. It really is. Almost a long as long time. as Lydia and I have been together. Crazy. It's crazy. It really is. Uh but I grew up here in Des Moines and I moved to Chicago for school, went to the Bay Area after that where I kind of got into like nonprofit media. From there, for the past like three years, I've been doing film stuff out there. I guess longer than three years because Drunken Film Fest started in 2018. Uh, so I'm coming up on like six years of doing film Ooh. full time. And so started to work for a festival out there called the San Francisco International Film Festival. They're like an organization in the Bay Area that brings through like all of the new premieres and all of the like Oscars networking and stuff that needs to happen in the Bay Area. But I ended my time with them like in October to actually go to Salt Lake City for Sundance, which yeah, is the next what? chapter. Awesome. Yes, thank you. So I actually moved to Salt Lake City on Monday. I head out on Saturday. So I'll be driving across the country to Salt Lake where I'll be helping doing like artists, press and industry, making sure they have all the right badges and credentials and things that they need to get around the festival. So that's what's next. But uh, yeah, it's been a crazy year looking yeah. back on it. Mm -hmm. Transitional period here. You're about to embark on the transitional period. So how does Drunken Film Festival differ from something like Tribeca or another film festival at Cannes that's kind of like doing these premieres a year and up to a year in advance before us consumers would see it in theaters. Right. So Drunken Film Fest is like a passion project of mine and my two friends, Arlen and Bernadette. We started it back in 2018. And I think what's really interesting about Drunken Film Fest is that it's free. So you don't have to like buy a ticket or mm -hmm. anything. You can just show up to the festival and see like 13 to 15 short films a night and what's really cool about that is like we don't pick a genre every night or like a theme really we kind of just like to flow between different like meta themes you could mm -hmm. have it or things in life you might be experiencing and the way i try to describe it is like 
It's like turning on YouTube at two in the morning, falling asleep and then waking up at four and being like, what did this turn into? So you'll see music videos, you'll see animation, you'll see narratives. And uh, I guess how it differs is just being free. More people can come to it than usually would go to a film festival. So our hope is that people will like come to a bar to have a drink and then just like stumble upon film and be like, hey, I really like this. Like, mm-hmm. I want to go watch more short films or this reminded me of an idea that I had. Maybe it's time for me to make a short film oh, so really cool kind of concept. inspiring that, I love that. Mm-hmm. it's inclusionary and it's a spontane- spontaneous yes it's, you're sparking on literally getting a drink with friends a group of friends and stumbling into like a short and then a, maybe a music video that's yep. really neat mm-hmm. so how is it how was how was the goodbye how was with your two friends in the bay area how'd that go about yeah it was we went out for ramen like the day before i headed out and It was going to be a sad goodbye, but it actually turned into like an exciting thing where we were talking about what's next and what we're trying to do next and partnering with other festivals as Drunken Film Fest. So there were a lot of sad goodbyes on my way out, but also like excitement for the future because I'm not going to stay out of there for good. I hope to be back for Drunken Film Fest and other things Uh throughout the year. Yeah. So you're here in Des Moines. You've Mm -hmm. been here for a few weeks now Mm -hmm. and then you're embarking on this cross country essentially travel to Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. And so how has being being home in Des Moines been for you? Because this is the longest period of time you've been in Des Moines since high school. Yeah, this has been <laughs> crazy to be back in Des Moines because, as I said, I did go to school here and grew up here. Mm-hmm. But my mom moved to Omaha, Nebraska sometime within my college life. So that made me really sad as like having to miss coming back here for the holidays and not being able to see you guys and all of my friends every time I'd come back. So being back for three weeks has been like kind of a feeling and it feels good to drive back around and have memories of like <laughs> there's where someone threw up out of a car when a car alarm was going on and I'm not gonna say any names but there's where XYZ thing happened so it's been really nice to drive around and like spark those memories mm-hmm. and that's been like one of my favorite things about being back also getting time with my mom because yeah, I really sure. see her. yeah, yeah well, getting- we we've loved having you back and we obviously don't get to have you back very often and certainly if you were to be back for something, it's not for weeks at a time. And I was just telling Sean before the pod is I feel like we got some really good quality time together, just like a couple of really good nights out and, um, you know, the typical social stuff, but yes. then also getting to put the cherry on top with this podcast. So it's extra special for us to be able to do this before you leave. So, oh, I'm so <laughs> yeah. happy to be Your here. creative spark has sparked us to bring out the mics. Yes. <laughs> Once again. <laughs> And so, uh, what what do you expect with Salt Lake City? You, you said that you're going there for to help out with the festival there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll be there for Sundance. So Sundance, I get there yeah. on like Monday, and I'll be there until February. So that'll be like different, totally different. Back in winter, it's going to be snowy again mm-hmm. in the mountains. Yeah. That'll be crazy. That's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. you are. You're not used to that. Yeah, going to Tahoe, right? Mm-hmm. So in between, though, you're going to visit friends of the show, Becca out yep. in denver mm-hmm. on your way there so that will be really fun so let's as everyone knows of course as they're listening and just anticipating this end of the year <laughs> sean and lydia happy hour episode where yeah. we recap everything that we've seen we've done and basically consumed for the year we're going to transition right into our music and our favorite music yes. of the year. this is usually the crux of the pod Generally, I'll rattle off my top 10 albums of the year, but we'll kind of just be a little bit more sporadic. Lydia, I want to kick it to you. 
and see what was your number one album of the year. The data would show that the number yeah. one album <laughs> of the year, and I can't argue with this at all, but it technically was an album that came out in 2022, and it's, I guess you would, I would probably describe it best as a pop punk band. They're called Arm's Length, and their album is called Never, Never Before Seen, Never Again Found. And I, from front to back, just been spending that album constantly. Like, it's always, I think a, maybe a lot of people can resonate with the fact that you find an album during the year and it's kind of what you fall back on. You'll just keep saying, oh, I want to hear that. I want to hear that. I want to hear that. And it's always what I fill the noise with. Every song is beautiful. Um, I think I found, discovered Arm's Length off of this sort of alternative pop punk uh, Instagram guy. I should probably have his name, but I don't have it noted. Um, but he does reviews of albums and so forth and kind of he basically takes oftentimes lesser known bands and then blasts them out to his audience on Instagram. And so this was on a particular list of his and I instantly fell in love. So I listened to that album more than I listened to anything else for yeah. the year. <laughs> There's a lot of power in the tastemakers. I mean, going from the blogosphere to actual Instagram 60 second videos, yes. just kind of giving you piece of like some a direct line of what you like you know they're like a certain genre and you follow them yeah so that brings me to the data you know my data is so different <laughs> but daniel where's that what's that spotify rap looking like spotify wrapped this year is actually looking kind of empty i think i listened <laughs> to spotify for uh, let's see half the year and then when i decided it was time to like move and figure out what's next in life i was like i need to cancel some of these streaming services yeah. to save money <laughs> because i would review like a monthly uh expenses on streaming services and it would come out to like 200 dollars. and i was like what the i have what and i have this mm -hmm. person on this account and that person on this account i'm paying for like this ai generating image thing i forgot i tried to trial of and it came out to be so much so this summer i canceled like all of my subscriptions and i decided to try out youtube premium for yeah. the first time because a like as we were talking about this weekend the youtube ads got ridiculous mm -hmm. like it would be every 30 seconds one minute there would be all of these ads and b i found myself wanting to listen more to like remixes or like covers of things mm -hmm. that you can only find on youtube and on an iphone unless you like do some kind of crazy hacks and things it's really difficult to like have it play in your phone while it's off but youtube premium allows you to do that so mm -hmm. i got youtube premium and i've been happy with that over the course of this year but it did kind of wipe my wrapped out there's not much on there yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> right with you i did the free month and it was bliss mm -hmm. compared to when we watch it here at home, I mean, even the last couple of weeks as we've turned on some YouTube, it's just ad after ad. That 70% ad revenue for Google, it's, uh, it's really telling. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's crazy. Yeah, my Apple Music replay, my Apple Music wrapped essentially was pretty interesting because last year it was all Ram Dass' album because I just used that to go to sleep after a long night's out. And then this year it was lots of piano, lots of ambient and instrumental music. Really got into using ChatGPT to kind of like Lydia with the tastemakers and build out my own taste by typing in more artists like this. Only female vocalists of this genre that sound like this album. So my album of the year was a Chicago native, Gia Margaret. Her album called Romantic Piano came out in May. Got really high scores. I believe right now on Metacritic it has an 85 
which is very high, super positive, and it was absolutely my number one played album, according to Apple Music. So this data is not, there's no way it's accurate. It says I played it over 450 times. <laughs> so I know because I can go to my actual iTunes on my computer and see that that's not the case or my Apple Music app there. But I love it. It's uh, She builds out a musical tapestry from at the corner of instrumental and ambient music and really paints a picture for uh, all these different narratives and motifs. So she only has a few, uh, one song, I believe, on the record where she's singing. The rest, there's like leaves crunching and kind of walking through a forest. And then there's uh, Cicada singing. And that's my number one played song of the year called Cicada wow. on that record. So a lot of music, uh, not electronic music like my festival scene would, would show or pop punk like Lydia, uh, but a lot of ambient instrumental stuff. Lydia, what's another record for you that was either caught you off by surprise being high up on that list or? Well, it probably wasn't on the list at all, but there's a couple honorable, I guess, mentions, if you will, like ones that really stuck out for 2023, actually albums that came out in 2023, not 2022 that I just spun over and over again. But Trevor Hall, he, I guess I would describe him as, uh, and I'm not like a genre person, so listeners at home probably are like that's not what i would call it it's like that's sorry that's just not me i'm never gonna be the genre genres are (laughs) the genre nazi over here like i just kind of call it whatever it sounds like to me so uh trevor hall i would consider him like a singer songwriter uh type personality and he released an album called so basically it's trevor hall and the great in between is the album and he's actually, he just announced that he's playing Red Rocks in June with the Denver Symphony. Wow. So all of his wow. the songs, well, I don't know if it's just off that album or just the songs in general, but he's going to be reimagining his songs alongside the Denver Symphony and a lot of just really powerful songs. I guess if you wanted to check him out, you know, just check it out on Apple Music or uh, Sugar Shack Sessions, which is a cool group that records kind of singer-songwriter reggae-type rock bands uh, in sessions, they did a visual album for him. So from front to back, it's like him, you know, in fields and in barns, and it's all uh, recording recording of that album. So if you do want to check him out and you want some cool visuals alongside of it, it's a really powerful album. And I have to mention, too, so I haven't really been talking about EDM, but we're obviously pretty embedded into the EDM scene. So Skrillex released two albums in 2023. And I have to say that on one of the top listening lists is the more chill, the more vibey album, Don't Get Too Close. So there's a couple songs off of that album that we just listened to over and over and over again and kept coming back to, you know, absolutely no hate on Quest for Fire. It's a great album, but there's clearly two different moods going on. One of them is more singy, vibey, and the other one is kind of banger after banger, and that's perfectly fine, but I'm just going to say we definitely lean towards the (laughs) Don't Get Too Close album a little bit more. And Mersive, he's probably my favorite uh, DJ, producer, EDM artist, uh, if you want to put him in that category. He's my favorite DJ at this time, like still, we're going to Atlanta to see him around New Year's Eve, like pretty much flying all the way to Atlanta just to see Immersive, to be honest, because I was at a work trip when he came through Des Moines and it broke my heart. So, didn't we see Immersive in January here in Des Moines? 
we may have, but I'm saying I didn't get to see him on his album release tour, which yeah, is uh, his album is called Out of Bounds. A bunch of great songs on that album. I really loved it. And then also have to mention Daily Bread, who released Invisible Cinema this past year. And he's great as well. We're also seeing Daily Bread in Atlanta. So uh, two different shows, but we're going to be catching him as well. A couple other highlights for me. Bully, which made my favorite record of the year in 2020, I believe, with Sugar Egg, came out with Lucky For You. Really love her. She's uh, phenomenal. And I mean, it's just basically her playing it pretty safe, but also uh, expanding her musical prowess. And then on that same subject, 2019's album of the year for me, Land of Talk, came out with performances. And that's on my top 10 list as well. And then showing up out of nowhere after Lydia, I believe, started spinning it one night on, <laughs> and on Friday night was Post Malone. Post Malone came out with oh. Austin. That's mm-hmm. in my top 10 as well. So just sticking on that kind of subject, Daniel, uh, was there anything like pop pop wise that you really dug into or, or hip hop or rap or what was your kind of main focus as far as listening to on uh, on YouTube? Yeah, as you guys were going through that, I was like, man, I got to listen to more music. You guys are making me realize how much I've just been listening to like, I don't know, interior design podcasts. I don't know. But um, I did this year. I leaned more into like pop very hard this year. I leaned super hard into pop. A lot of people like to hate on pop, but it's pop for a reason. Like progressions they can put together and the harmonies like that does something to make you like happy and love it and it's addicting so i really enjoy pop and i think this year like what was on the top top of my list was definitely renaissance by beyonce because i did get a chance to and we'll get into this a little later i did see the tour this year but uh having that album on repeat this year was so crazy only because i don't know if either of you have listened to it but you listen to one song and then after you've heard the album a few times, you automatically know the song that's coming next. Mm-hmm. And you start to like, because of the way they flow in and out of each other is like mm-hmm. really intuitive. And so once you listen to one song, you're like, I'm already craving the next song. I can yeah. hear it starting to build up in the next <laughs> what's happening. So you just kind of let it run through. I say I listened to Renaissance so many times this year, but definitely the genre would be like pop, specifically Yeah, pop and like some girl rap too has been up there for me this year. So that's really where I've been kind of leaning into this year. uh, There's some. This is a breakout year for some of these girl rap Mm -hmm. girl rappers. What what's (laughs) um sugar baby? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and then also like there's. Ice Spice has been pretty good. Uh, Sexy Red was good oh, for yeah. a minute, but then started to have some comments out yeah. there that were problematic. But it has been like a good year for uh, girl rap. This yeah, year. Pitchfork, NPR, uh, all these you know main music publications have already put out their favorite albums of the year. But Nicki Minaj is putting out Pink. Pink Love. I think it's or- the Pink Print 2 is yeah, coming yeah. out. and. 10 years in the making or 15 years in the Not a big Nicki Minaj fan? Yeah, well, I used to be, but this rollout has been kind of, she was supposed to play it like the Chicago Jingle Ball this week or something and canceled it like without much Mm. warning to people. Mm. So now people are kind of like, what's going on? Is this album rollout going to be okay? But before we like move on from that, this is a question I have, which is like, what do you guys think of the term girl rap? Do you think it's like kind of, demeaning and degrading to like because like these are like really established women who are out here rapping Mm -hmm. but there's like only one way to like say what you mean and i don't know if it's like 
a degrading term to call it girl rap or you say that because you want people to know like what you mean when you say rappers but i think like the women in rap have really been outshining the men mm-hmm. for the past like five yeah, years I so i, I want even to listen to the genre that yes. much yeah, it's <laughs> crazy. that's my perspective as well it seems like to be all female rappers no i mean i i don't think it's degrading i think you own words and you take the power back from it. So, you know, hit like a girl or whatever. And, you know, you're reshaping what that means. I think it's completely fine. Right. Yeah. For me, I mean, women's basketball, specifically at the college college level, was so incredibly huge over this last season. Yes. Beginning of the year, I mean, the uh, LSU versus the Iowa Hawkeyes women's game brought in the most money, in it, like a, it's an insane amount of money. I don't know the exact numbers, but it was a, such a successful about watched by so many and sold out tickets and well in advance stub hub tickets were like triple the men's final four or whatever ticket prices so i think women when you say women's basketball i mean women's sports it's the same kind of thing it's like they deserve or women deserve their own pillar and also like you were saying they have been outshining i'm thinking back to last year's kendrick Lamar's last album and i mean he's my favorite rapper of all time alive or dead and yeah, I mean, that was a little bit of a letdown for me. I mean, it was sure. probably still in my top 10 if I'm thinking back to a year ago. But yeah, I mean, I think it's just like Lydia said, you give power back to the words and it's okay to be kind of segregated from the men who are, yes. it seems like <laughs> yeah. they're just, they're kind it's of like, just, let's specify here because the men are sucking it yeah, up. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Not much rap. I mean, is on my list. I don't, I don't even see a single rap album. No, I, you know, I'll get down to some rap songs, but just. Like, to be honest, it's not really a genre that I have on my list very often. I think the only one that was on my replay is Prof's album, the Minnesota rapper Prof. Oh, mm. yeah, yeah. That Mitch kind of got me into, and he's awesome. But that's pretty much the only rap. <laughs> that and Tara Reid. So it's just like white yeah. people rap pretty much, I guess, <laughs> yeah. that I listen to. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> well, Daniel, you were talking about how you listen to the Beyonce's Renaissance album so much and that, you know, that brings us to our next topic, which is the moments, the shows, the concerts, festivals of 2023, travel and whatnot. So let's let's hear about that show. Let's hear about the highlights. Let's hear about how close you were. I mean, how was it? That was that was insane. Like um, my roommates and I got tickets for it back in like January, February. And so we had like six and our concert was in August. So we had seven months to like get excited for it, build the hype around (laughs) it, pick out our hotel, what dinner we were going to eat beforehand. (laughs) And then the day finally came and it was just like, I've never been to, okay, let me see. With the exception of like seeing big artists at festivals, I'd really only been to like a mainstream like top 40 big artists concert maybe once which is i saw kanye west in chicago in Mm -hmm. 2013 for the yeezus tour i think um so that's like the only concert concert of someone big 40 i'd been to or like pop top artists i'd been to before so i didn't really know what to expect and it was really crazy like we went all out and got tickets that were like really close and what they were calling club renaissance so it was a section of the uh, stage that's like built inside of a circle that beyonce walks around when she's doing certain songs and there was enough room in there where like she would start a song and walk around and you could follow her around the circle and there was this moment during it where she was singing i think break my soul and i was like you know what 
I'm loving my friends right now, but I just kind of want to go do me. I'm going to walk away and like go try to get some videos from a different angle, go to the bar. And so I go over to a different area and she's doing Break My Soul around the circle, which was really cool. I've got like nice videos of it on my phone. And this outfit I had on, she asked everyone to wear like all silver. So I had on like a silver animal print shirt. And I had this hat that uh, you could turn on like LEDs in it and it would kind of glow. And Whoa. it was like a glowing <laughs> hat. So I think I was like loud enough out there in the crowd. Like I looked loud <laughs> yeah. that she could spot me from the stage because we had this moment where she's walking around and turns into Club Renaissance to sing part of break my soul and we make eye contact and that was enough for me to be like oh my god okay <laughs> i can go home now the yeah. concert's over life but then, complete yes life complete <laughs> but then surprise next level she takes off her sunglasses and like points at me and we made <laughs> eye contact and that was just a moment i will always remember wow. being like wow this was really crazy <laughs> especially on this renaissance al- album which is like what people are probably saying gonna be like the peak like mm-hmm. top She's got two more uh, acts coming out of albums within this quote unquote era. But people are saying like Renaissance is probably going to be top tour, top tier of Beyonce for a while. So it was really cool to be mm-hmm. there that close for Extra that. Extra special. Yes, it was huge. <laughs> yeah, two. I mean, staying on the same subject of female vocalists, female rappers, just the women in this industry. Taylor Swift, just one person of the year yes. on time. I mean, people can kind of balk at that. I'm not a big Taylor Swift fan and whatnot, but... Her tour bringing in $2 billion. Crazy. Quite literally bringing in, uh, raising the U.S. GDP yes. so much that the <laughs> the during the financial, like the federal government's like discussion of, of per quarter, you know, raising interest rates and whatnot, mentioned that the GDP was risen because of the, her tour. It's crazy. And Barbie, I heard. There was yes. an yeah. article that was saying, are young women keeping the economy alive? Yes. <laughs> because yes. both of those were going on at the same time. <laughs> Well, we have plenty to speak about Barbie on uh, once we get to movies. So other moments, Lydia, what's a, what's a big highlight of the year as far as travel, shows, festivals? Yeah, I guess if we're going straight to highlights, I would say Riot Fest stood out to me probably because not only was not only did I have an incredible time and saw so many of my older older jam, you know, alternative bands. And not only did all of them play all the songs that I wanted to hear, but we've spent so many years going to mainly, I mean, let's be fair, most of the festivals out there, I think, I mean, if you really did the data, I mean, most of them are EDM leaning and that's fine. And we clearly are people who listen to EDM, but it was so refreshing to be at an alternative rock metal festival and just realizing how much more I cared about the music in a lot of situations, like no hard feelings intended here, but I just really genuinely cared a lot more about a lot of the band's sets than I feel like I do when I'm at a festival, which to me, I guess, is typically more about the vibes and hanging out with your friends and also catching a couple really dope sets. But Riot Fest was like, no, I have to be there for the whole set. Like, this is a band I haven't seen in years or maybe never seen at all. And so that stood out as a really beautiful time. And quite honestly, like, I spent a lot of Riot Fest by myself. Like, because Sean wanted to see a different band and we were there with my sister-in-law, Shelby, and her boyfriend, Joe. And they also wanted to see something different. It was just the four of us. And I spent, I went to a lot of sets by myself. And that was also kind of fun. And uh, I guess I would say the best, if I have to pick the best set, 
It's got to be sleep token, probably. They made us wait. They were like 45 minutes late. I was just drunk enough, you know what I mean? Just on the exact right vibe to just be like, I don't care. And I was by myself in the crowd, pretty close. And they have, they were on a fairly small stage, but they, if you don't know who Sleep Token is, they're very theatrical. Like they all dress in these long robes and do this crazy makeup and they wear masks and, you know, sort of reminiscent of Slipknot, but it's a different genre. It's a different, it's a different type of music. It's much more melodic and their gimmick is kind of like worship, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, sort of along those lines. And so it, it was very cool and their production was insane. And I missed this in the beginning. So just real quick while I'm talking about Sleep Token, I wanted to say that one of my favorite albums of 2023, Take Me Back to Eden, Sleep Token's album. For me, it's not a breakout breakout album for them, but it was a breakout album for me because I didn't really start to hear about them through like Instagram and things. It wasn't suggested to me until they were releasing singles off of that album and I was hooked immediately. But they have a couple albums uh, that predate that. But Riot Fest definitely stands out to me and Sleep Token set. Also ICP. I never thought that I was a big ICP fan, but I was in the right place at the right time. Also by myself at the same stage that Sleep Token played at and just met these cool older juggalos <laughs> and they adopted me and we just danced so hard on the hill. It was just so fun. And I thought I was actually a little worried to be there by myself because I didn't know. I think juggalos have like a bad reputation. Sure. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to get like creeped on or, you know, something creepy or violent is going to happen. Like, but nothing like there was nothing like that. Everyone was just so thrilled Anybody who I happened to bump into and like found out that it was my first ICP show, they were just thrilled to death. Like they That's were so, cool. so warm and cool. <laughs> and so I just joke to my friends all the time now, like, oh, I'm a juggalo now, I'm a juggalo now. <laughs> but truly it's like, I get it. I get why people like this community because everyone was so awesome and they put on such a good show. Yeah, Riot <laughs> Fest was a super highlight for me. My favorite festival of the year for sure. And it was a great way to kind of get the bad taste in my mouth from 2013's Riot Fest where Daniel, we came and stayed with you in your mm-hmm. apartment with Becca, friends of the show. And got to experience that. And it was great. It was just rainy. It was, you know, it was, it, I felt like it was just muddy. It was right. so overcrowded, oversold. Yeah, even if the sets are dope, it's hard to fully Enjoy. have a good time if it's cold and rainy yes. the entire time. I mean, it doesn't matter what how cool the sets are. Lydia and I splurged this year to make sure that we had VIP and that helped as, as far as getting into the festival. We didn't have a line at all. We oh, were nice. like one of... 15, 20 people at most versus, you know, 100-ish plus for the gates. We stayed at a hotel that was far away. That didn't make a difference. But going to the sets, I just staying on the ICP uh, track, I was in between sets and I came over and made sure Lydia was fine. And then as she said, we were... You dropped me off. Yeah, I dropped her <laughs> off. She was like a responsible parent. and I, But I made sure that she was acquainted with the neighbors, which were these two older... Mm-hmm. Uh, juggalos that are traveling to see icp uh throughout the year and that's kind of what they do i think that one of them yeah, was a shout teacher out Haley and robert Haley teacher and robert. friends of the show yeah yes. <laughs> but my favorite sets were i mean the list goes on and on but afi completely blew me away Ooh. kind of going back to what lydia said you know edm is like remixing in the top 40 but also remixing in the unheard, their own music underground mm-hmm. yeah sure but underground 
unheard of, like kind of trying to get on the edge of a trend. But also, yeah, of course, their own music, especially some of these artists like Mersive that we're seeing. And then also, but on that same track, I mean, AFI is playing the hits. They're playing like everything I've been listening to for 20 years, literally. Right. Started listening to AFI in 2003 with Sing the Sorrow. So many good memories with them. Uh, but I got to see the Postal Service for the first time. Oh. Yeah, perform. You know, they only came out with one record, Ben Gibbard, and uh, and playing Give Up. And so that's where I was at when ICP was playing. Wow. And then I didn't come back for Sleep Token or didn't. I think that might have been uh, Sleep Token. And then I didn't come back for ISP, ICP, excuse me, because then Death Cab came on and played all of Transatlanticism. Another you missed out. Another 20th <laughs> anniversary, though, celebration. So far and away, my favorite festival of the year. Like Lydia said, it's just going from set to set. I was split up. I was with my sister only. It was so much fun to see the used with my sister yeah. after catching the Mars Volta with her and her boyfriend. And then she came over to the used. Lydia was super far up. And uh, seeing all the hits, seeing actual songs I've listened to spun hundreds, dozens, if not hundreds of times. Yeah, I was a little worried some of these older bands would just play their newest record. Right. And just being honest, you know, a lot of times I don't really listen to their newest record. And yep. it's just the way a lot of bands evolve. It's not really what resonates with me. So I had that fear, but pretty much every single band played like a handful or, or more of their classics and oldies. Like they knew why people were there, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I just appreciated that so much because this only hap this will never probably happen again to see that, that stacked of a lineup. So That's it so made cool. it extra magical. Could we all get songs. a cheers going? Yeah. For, you know what? Treating ourselves to concerts and events this yeah, year. It's an important right. thing. Lydia and I, I mean, my coworkers, my coworkers know and our, uh, that and my family knows that that's where I'm spending all my extra money yes. and my time <laughs> off. And that's what we do is we travel, we go to concerts and shows. So staying on that same note, Daniel, not exactly a concert, but I heard that you had an awesome trip in July. I did. And before I get into that, too, I don't know if you guys just saw this, but Summer Camp, I think today announced mm -hmm. what they're turning into for yeah. next year, yeah, which is, I did. think, Soul, Soul, Soul Shine, Shine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. which is really cool to see Summer Camp come back because that's been like a staple of the Midwest festival mm -hmm. scene. And to see it come back after having to like cancel and have that kind of sad moment last year was really mm -hmm. cool to see that today. So shout out Summer Camp. Yeah, oh, yeah Summer Camp. Well, well, Didn't well, yeah. you used to work for them yeah. or yeah, a company that, that was servicing their grounds? Yeah, basically? that was like my first break into events is I worked for like summer camp itself as like a community manager. I helped set up the camp counselor program where they have people like do interviews with artists and things. So that's what like got my feet wet in events. So it was really sad when they had to shut down last mm -hmm. year, but shout out Vanessa Robinson, I think who started like the soul shine tent at summer camp. Wow. I don't know if she's still involved with like what soul shine is turning into, but that's really cool to see they get to continue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a highlight for Lydia and I. It's on my list of favorite festivals. I mean, it's the runner up for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was our first year. And as you mentioned, it was the last year of summer camp officially, but they've rebranded and I'm excited to see what that means. I yeah. can only theorize, you know, I guess my thought would be maybe that they're going to try to get more back to like rock and yep. jam band roots and then make the festival smaller so that they can make it less of an expense. Yep. That would be my guess That's is what, what I was they're thinking. going to do. 
and it's on my list for sure. My my time is extra precious and my PTO is precious, so I can't I'm no longer in the position where I feel like I want to buy. I you know what? I've been to the festivals. I've seen it. <laughs> yep. I want to see the lineup first before I go, but it's on like it's marked on my calendar to hopefully be going assuming that the lineup or uh, multiple artists that I want to see. It's definitely on my calendar. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of walking. Yes. Yeah. Because of where (laughs) our beautiful friends (laughs) who have gone for many, many, many years, they had a very specific spot that they like to camp. And it Mm -hmm. it just seemed like the furthest away, (laughs) you know, that possible. We're very grateful that they saved us a spot, but I'm like, we could not be more further away (laughs) from the music that we wanted to see. Where were you guys? Were you deep in the woods? Yeah. Deep. Back in the on the outside uh, of the woods on the farthest end and it was just so brutal to camp because it's a camping in festivals you have to bring in all of your stuff all yep. the way from the car and even with a cart, i mean you're going into ditches with sand they tried their best to like mm-hmm. people were toppling over their cards and now stuff i would know over. better you know but we had never been so right. we probably packed a little too heavy i just i wasn't sure what to expect i didn't realize it'd be quite that much walking so i just mean the trek in and out of that place was very challenging so hot like too. it was like oh, you want to <laughs> you're almost going to explode and some crazy know? crazy stuff happens back there yeah. <laughs> in the woods it gets wild <laughs> Yeah, it could be on our list for 2024, but we'll see. So, Daniel, you and I both have a tie to another city here in the U.S. That's right. Uh, I went to New York City with my sister. Yes. And I was I had the best time. We got to see the band, her favorite band of all time. I just spot snap bought the tickets her flight and the tickets in april when they announced their reunion tour balance and composure and uh i come back from that awesome trip where her and i were there for like 40 hours stayed up for pretty much the entire time going so crazy closing out the bars waking up and going get brunch and yes it was very tiring but i came back and i i went to a mutual uh we went to Jackie's 70th party or whatever, mm-hmm. and I believe that's where I ran into your mom, or I ran into your mom somewhere weeks later, and she said, yeah, I just got back from New York City with Daniel. So tell me about this trip where you got to spend a whole uh, trip, you know, in a new, brand new city with your mom. It was wild. I lived in New York for a summer back in 2010, but back then I was like, uh, let's see, 20 still young not quite yet 21 so i couldn't go out and do things and now i'm like 32 and didn't really want to go out and do things so i kind of miss that in between where i would have gone out at night and had more fun but being there with my mom was really amazing like um let's see we did so much we were there for the fourth of july weekend and i think it was cool to be like in like america's biggest city mm-hmm. for the 4th of July because you could do like the touristy stuff like see Broadway shows walk around in Times Square for the 4th of July proper we were in Brooklyn kind of watching the uh, New Whoa. York New York fireworks from like the Strive-In Theater which is really cool but I don't want to bring the vibe down but like the highlight of the trip was definitely the September 11th 9-11 oh, Memorial yeah. Museum there I'd never like been to it i'd heard about it and seen it but it was really cool to like go down and like get the tour and learn about like all of the tragedies that had happened there i like mm-hmm. it like invaded my mind so much that i came home and started watching documentaries about it and so it was like really impactful because we all grew up during that and mm-hmm. i think now people are like 
not young enough to forget because like never forget but people are like young enough so that it's not as impactful for them so it was really cool to see like high school students or middle school students walk through there and like relive everything we saw and got to like they had like tvs with the news broadcasts on like running over and over on loops and it was wow. it was really like it was cool to see but also to see how it like affected my mom after and we were like both crying out in the coffee shop having this moment it was like having the trip with my mom was really cool but like having that vulnerable moment in the coffee yeah. shop like our last day there which looking back on it i'm like what a weird choice to do that <laughs> on our last day before we both had to fly out but um it was like definitely the highlight of the trip for me and, and see wow. so it's not so bad that it happened because yeah, oh you got to have this connection <laughs> when you look at it it's not so bad it's not so bad well yeah that that's great to hear that you had that moment though with your mom like you mm -hmm. said vulnerability it brings out uh an imprinted moment for you to remember yes other festivals or other trips that we want to get into I guess I'll just say that I will return time and time again, hopefully, to Infrasound. This is my first year. I know it's been going on for quite a few years, but from where we are in Des Moines, it's only about a two-hour drive north right across the Minnesota border, which is awesome for my 32-year-old self, <laughs> uh, first of all. Second of all, it's very low-key, and third of all, it has some great acts. So I'm looking forward to return returning time and time again because it's just an easy festival, and it's also great. And despite being a pretty small one, the production was still... Excellent. So uh, we had a really wonderful time. I saw Mr. Carmack there. That was probably my last set that I saw. And I would say it's probably my favorite as well. Hmm. He just threw down, man. He's found a new home in this kind of more underground bass scene. That's not really where I would have ever guessed he would end up. But so many people love him and give him the respect that he deserves there. And so I think it's really cool to see his evolution from being more of like trying to be this kind of mainstream trap artist to now, I mean, still pretty much playing similar tunes as before, but he's found this new home with more of the underground, I guess, like Wookiee, like smaller festivals and smaller gatherings. And that's really cool for him because he's an artist that I've been loving since I got into EDM, really. So it's cool to see his evolution there. And um, I think that we would be remiss if we didn't mention... Uh, the bad vibes of the first festival we went to of the year, or it was, well, I guess technically it wasn't in 2023, so maybe we don't have to talk about it. Oh, boy. But we went to Decadence this past oh, year, God. and that was actually the first one that made my list. Of, I'm looking at my notes right now, listeners at home, and it just says Decadence, worst, boo. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I just have to mention it quick because it was just... The, it's such a massive festival yeah. at the Denver Convention Center downtown. And Daniel, we went to Decadence yep. many years ago. And I mean, I don't remember it being like mind blowing, but it wasn't bad. Mm -hmm. But it was so poorly. It has gone downhill. Oh, you no. know, the lines and we don't have to go on and on about it. But I'll just say like just to use the bathroom was probably going to be like an hour situation huh. just to bar. find the bathroom and then wait in line. And I'm being no. generous. Yeah. With that. So if you can't even just no. do your basic bodily needs, like, come on, guys, get it together. And you would think, like, security was tight, right? Security wasn't tight. Like, they weren't even checking half of people's bags either. So it's like, pick one pick one or the other, you know? Right. If we're, like, run a tighter ship, you know? Yeah. We need to be able to at least pee. People, it's New Year's Eve weekend. People want to be able to get a drink. 
I, it took so long to get a drink that Mitch was waiting in line for probably an hour and a half. That is insane. Oh, it was horrible. Are I you mean, serious? Yeah, I was, came back just what? laughing at that point because finally you just start to have to laugh. Yeah. I finally went to the bathroom, which was crazy, as I mentioned, just to even do that. Just, this is Mitch has been in line. He's been in line while I was just thinking about going to the bathroom wow. for a while. Then I finally do go to the bathroom, which is a whole nother 45 minute extravaganza and then i come back and he's not even in the front of the drink no. line which by the way the drink line was like 15 people long crazy. it's not even that long what That's is going on <laughs> it was far and away the worst festival i've been to since not fest which was uh, the same situation i mean you have to buy your drinks and wait in line again just yes. to get more it drinks it was worse because it at worse. least with not fest like the drink lines were kind of long but at least you can see the stage and hear the music while you're doing it right and you could there was bathrooms galore there was never an issue with the bathrooms i not fest was still better run never <laughs> ever was. ever will i go back to the denver convention no i Center. blocked we blocked a report yeah that's <laughs> crazy <laughs> do you guys think they just oversold like no what, like, yeah what I they just do is i think it's poor man it's got to be I'm not, I'm definitely not an expert. Somebody right. who has worked in this area would probably be able to give you a better answer, but it just seems to me so poorly run. Yeah. Like there's no, wild. there's no managers on the floor kind of a thing. There's nobody keeping the hourly like workers doing what they're supposed to be right. doing. And so you just can just freely do whatever. And I think I heard there was some type of construction going on that maybe closed a couple oh of the bathrooms. God. But if that's the case, get portas and open one of the back entrances so there's at least an alternative exactly. option and i did not see anything like that you were all forced to corral into this tiny and you know it's a rave so people are going to the bathrooms with their girlfriends and they're yes. not always just going to the bathroom you know they're talking or doing illicit substances mm -hmm. like so then the lines are going triple as slow that's why i'm like i just need to pee dude i'm like literally i just need to pee i'll be in a trash can at this point you know on the opposite end of the spectrum going to leo fest nine brandon paulson's party throws for all the leos in august that yes. was a completely just a, what a year to have on hill come out from california have madison and clem in town friends they of the were. show wow yeah, it was absolutely incredible and just having all of brandon's bringing in like friends from all these different air times that he's met people like he i think he's got all these summer camp friends mm -hmm. he's got all of us in des moines he's got friends coming from minnesota he's got full-on sound system here renting out like thousands of dollars worth of equipment that's wild yeah this year we had the big band the jazz band nola mm -hmm. jazz band opened and then we had of course g's Luis, and we had uh lunar satin playing as well as far as local and regional acts and then yeah headlined by on hell was incredible that's yeah crazy it's one of those nights that it's it gets to be five, six in the morning. You've been talking, everyone's ear off, just having the best time. You don't want the night to end. You wow. just want to keep crawling into that Sunday. And then you also <laughs> and have to, we do. Yeah. <laughs> as you do. And then you gotta take off Monday just to kind of repair your thirty year old bodies. But that's yeah. crazy. Wait, so this is gonna be Leo Fest ten. Ten and it's up gonna be the year? final one because it's wow. when Brandon turns, I think, thirty nine. I don't wanna put him on blast, but I know uh -huh. that he's like, Okay, this is it. It's just so much work. I mean, he's yeah, bringing in his mom to help cook food. There's full on like buffet style food. There's just, I mean, he puts in so much effort. He's already booked the one of the acts for this upcoming Leo Fest 10 wow. in August 2024. So, you know, he's going, going to go all out for the final 10th year. 
That's such a good idea. He could franchise that yeah, in yeah. different months best if he wanted. Oh, yeah. That's oh, yeah. He, yeah, he's definitely got the skill set to bring down you bring down that, the Brandon, house. if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'll be there for Cancer Fest. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> you need to incorporate. <laughs> all right, let's jump into movies. Let's switch gears a little bit. Barbie. Let's all talk about the biggest blockbuster of the year. Absolutely stunned the world when it hit 1 billion i think it ended at 1.1 or 1.2 billion dollars what did you think about barbie daniel barbie was so good like i think i thought i'm on subreddits like uh box office subreddit is one of them and like i think that's the main one i'm on but people um we're trying to predict what the biggest movie of the year would be like that conversation usually starts now towards the end of the previous year everyone had like dead reckoning at the top of the list mission impossible or had like the flash because they were doing that huge hype cycle about it's the best superhero movie that's ever been made <laughs> and so everyone was like saying these movies were going to be the top of the year no one knew what Greta and Margo and like Barbie was going to turn into so it was really crazy to see that pick up and I think once the first promo for it started where you could kind of put your face in the meme that said uh she's Barbie he's just Ken like people started to get an idea of like there's something here if this can actually be like something that is like a send-up of like Mattel and like yeah. actually talks about what barbie means and how sometimes it's not the best thing and sometimes it's a great thing if it can like be irreverent and meta like this could really take off and then so like then i know we have oppenheimer on here too but just it kind of took the steam of this barbenheimer phenomenon and like rolled and so it was such a crazy phenomenon to see mm -hmm. that blow up it was this year. i mean what's the last time we saw something like barbenheimer <laughs> crazy i guess people were tracing it back it happens like every i don't remember what people were saying 15 years i think the last time was the dark knight and i can't remember what went up with the dark knight but it's usually like a poppy bubbly movie mm -hmm. and like a dark movie that go up at the same time and it becomes a meme but the movie itself like it was just hilarious yeah loved it i thought the casting was really great mm -hmm. i thought um the like barbie in the real world of it and like what does it mean to be a barbie what does it mean to age it just hit on so many different like concepts and levels mm -hmm. and especially what does it mean to be a woman today it was oh i just it, it blew me out of the water i've only watched it once so far it's gonna hit max this month and i look forward to watching it again but i remember just being blown away and yeah. loving it it's one of those films that Lydia and I were, you know, we paid the $20 to buy mm -hmm. or whatever, pre-buy, and then watch it on streaming immediately. Yeah, I mean, just switching gears a little bit because it kind of coincides with being a kid and loving Barbies, like not me, but Lydia maybe, and like my sisters. <laughs> I mean, but kind of. <laughs> I, was, I mean, when I was a kid, you know, I was in, I love Super Mario, and I still do to this day, and just that was the same kind of thing. The casting seemed a little bit like a risk with Jack Black and with Chris Pratt, of course, and that just did not do what I wanted them to do as far as going, going in between reality and then this different universe, like much the mushroom kingdom. Right. And so, yeah, Barbie struck that chord. They really hit the nerve of 
going in between these two realities and playing with all these gender roles and being talking kind of like downplaying like the male gender yes. and kind of like Ken is like a psychopath. Like, yeah, <laughs> it was really well done. And Ken is Ken enough. I enjoyed it. There was a lot of surprises in the movie. I think that I don't think that anybody would have imagined the, how deep and the social commentary around it would be in the actual film. You know, we, most people probably thought it was just going to be pretty surface level. Yes. So I really like that about it. But I cannot help but think it is like one big Mattel commercial because it's so perfect to not to detract from the movie at all. But it's so perfect to see Barbie declining in popularity because of the issues that they presented in the film. And so to meet it head on, they create this film that meets those issues head on. And almost reverse the narrative. Yeah. They took yep. control of the narrative to up sales. <laughs> like, yep. I mean, I can't help but think about that aspect too. But all of that aside, um, to bring Barbie back into uh, pop culture, I guess, is right. what I'm saying. Because they can see that it's not so much a part of the necessarily every girl's narrative anymore. Yes. And now they've made it popular again because they met that controversy that we all knew was around Barbie and the body type and you know all this and they met that head on and took control of that it's like the perfect PR strategy yeah, it really. really was but it was beautiful and my mom and I I watched it a second time and I watched it with my mom and like it even made us cry at a oh. point together so I just mean you know I'm just being devil's advocate but also recognizing yes there is a lot of beautiful moments in the movie it was great there's Definitely struck a chord with pop culture. So many people were the wacky. What's the wacky Barbie's Weird name? Barbie. Yeah. Weird Barbie. Yes. Yeah. So many people went as Barbie. I mean, it <laughs> didn't change much for my nieces who are below ten years old. I mean, I'm still getting. They won't listen to this, so I can spoil the their Christmas present. But there, she's. I would my, hope they're not listening. To <laughs> my niece Tyler is getting a Ken in a Barbie doll. You know, like so. It doesn't change much uh, from that aspect. But yeah, you're right. There's a lot of talk about um, doing a Barbie sequel. And I'm like, I really hope they don't. Like, this yeah, was perfect. I There's agree. No just give Greta well, a sequel. I mean, I like would anything go Greta does it, next. Mm -hmm. You know, like, mm -hmm. that's just kind of where it has to end. Uh, I do want to say, though, you mentioned The Flash. And actually, DC has totally lost me in a lot of aspects. Yes. I swear those people cannot make a good movie to save their damn lives except for anything related to batman usually pretty cool but everything else i'm like this is absolute garbage but the flash was the first dc movie in a long time that i was like that was sick like it's, really it's on like my the, list okay. like that was a great superhero movie all right very well done and it, very interesting and funny <laughs> i'm yeah, a sucker for crazy. apocalyptic films i'm a sucker for apocalyptic content uh -huh. and I, I mean it kind of just plays with our our lives i mean we were talking about 9-11 just a little while ago and we've been in through so many wars right. you know the housing crisis so it's kind of like our generation apocalyptic stuff it really vibes with us uh -huh. and just the way that they play with on the other end multiverse stuff so i mean i right. really loved infinity war and into endgame for marvel that was their the swan song uh for me i mean as far as like the best comic book hero movies ever right i mean i still like on my birthday i watch infinity war almost every year so just good. leading up to going to leo fest <laughs> so good i just loved it gets uh, me pumped. yeah it gets me pumped for the party do you guys think this 
talk of superhero fatigue is real oh, like yeah. if it's a real thing that's going on or do you Probably. think they've just gotten lazy and it's like we want better movies like yeah. you guys have gotten kind of lazy make good stuff and there won't be quote-unquote superhero fatigue yeah i mean before the 10 years of marvel of leading up to the end game it uh, leading up to end game it really was christopher nolan's mm-hmm. trilogy of the batman of batman and i mean even just last year i really liked batman with me too. Uh, what what's Chris, is that? Uh, Robert Pattinson. Yeah, Robert, Robert Pattinson. Pattinson's Batman w- portrayal was great, and I think that if they can nurture that mm-hmm. and kind of build upon that universe with Joker, right? I mean, then we're getting somewhere. But yeah, I mean, I very much in, am so fatigued with Marvel. Have not even seen the Marvels. Could not get myself bring myself to watch any of the TV shows on Disney Plus. I mean, going back to our conversation with canceling streaming, mm-hmm. we have canceled Disney Plus. Right. I did get my hundred fifty dollars back that they charged me on my credit card for a year. That's which wild. Is, yeah, because I paid one sixty for three years in twenty nineteen. Oh. So yeah, they got me last year for like seventy or eighty, but then when they doubled it, it's just like no thanks. That's crazy. But, yeah, I'm very much in fatigue of superhero movies but one of my favorite films of the year guardians of the galaxy guardians of the galaxy 3 really hit me that was the best guardians for sure i've always enjoyed watching guardians of the galaxy i've never had a bad time watching it but none of the films really struck a chord you know it's just kind of more entertainment factor but the last one was i was like this is one of the better it goes up like with ragnarok yes and endgame like it's up there it's one of my favorite marvel films oh yeah now that was so good. As soon as really we finished good. it, we talked about how it's both in our top five, Lydia and I, for Marvel. And yeah, just bring, seeing Rocket's upbringing, kind of, it's just so many people have like, I mean, it's pretty much a universal feeling to be tied to like, you know, animals and animal abuse and kind right. of this torture of animals. And then the other, on the other end of it though, it's like all these best hero, superhero movies have a great villain. And in that movie, I forget his name, but he's just another villain trying to perfect the humanity or perfect the universe. You know, it's kind of like a really weak version of Thanos. So that didn't really hit me, but uh, yeah, I thought the flash was great and I thought guardians was better. So it was a decent year for Marvel or for superhero in general, but very much fatigued. I need yeah. a hard reset. Yeah. I need them to really bring back, bring in the Batman and Joker. Two needs to be spectacular. Right. It's going to be a little awkward if we have, when we have next year, I think it's 2024, we're going to have Joker 2. Joker it's going to be like a musical. With Lady Gaga. Yeah. There's going to be... Harley Quinn. Yes, it's Harley Quinn. There's going to be... The Batman too, but also Batman Brave and the Bold. So we're starting to get like two heroes in existence at once who don't have anything to do with each other. It'll be interesting to see. I'm I'm excited for it because to your point of like Guardians being such a good film, it's kind of they've got um, James Gunn going over to DC yeah. to like head up the next Ooh. 10 or five years of DC. So if you liked Guardians of the Galaxy 3... Um, you might want to pay attention to DC over the next couple of years because James Gunn is like leading mm-hmm. that. And I think he's writing and directing the Superman film that's coming out in 2025. Yeah. So they've got some things that's cooking That's a difficult over there. superhero for me to care about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I yes. think everyone can agree. Someone that's impervious to everything but a rock. Yep. Come on. It's hard. <laughs> 
So other films that really stood out uh, that aren't that may not be on everyone's list. Air, the film about Nike signing oh. Jordan and building out the Nike Air shoe line or Air Jordan shoe line was really well done. I mean, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck really stole the show. Uh, I I was blown away and I looked up like the whole story yeah, and good. I I even went as far as like trying I forget the owner of Nike's or the. the CEO of Nike, I went on to Audible and I put on my wish list like his book right. to try to hear like the story <clears throat> of him. And I thought it was interesting to keep Michael Jordan out of focus right. for all, most of the film. I mean, not even showing his face. And I mean, it was a good choice in my eyes because we've we've we were born in and grew up in the '90s. We have so much Michael Jordan and so much media that really sat. We were saturated with him. Sure, you know? and he was also like the Last Dance. If you want to go oh, see man. his story, so it was like I haven't seen Air, but I bet having him like out of focus and blurred was a really smart choice. Yeah, and also putting it on his mom. His mm-hmm. mom was such an impactful figure in his life, right? And very clearly business savvy when she didn't have that acumen. You know, right? Really good film for. Uh, for those out there that love like business and of course, like how how Nike was getting thwomped by Adidas and came back. And I'm an Adidas boy. <laughs> Switching back to Disney real quick, I want to hear what you all thought about Elemental. If you saw this Pixar attempt at kind of just really clawing themselves out of this hole. They've been in a really deep hole since what? Two, Toy Story 4 or whatever. Like, right. I mean... They really haven't done much for me. It's been some um, lots of offs. Uh, I like the singing one. I forget what it's called. Soul. Soul. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I like Coco. Oh, yeah, I like some of these mm-hmm. from the last decade, but they really haven't hit me hard. Oh, that was great. And uh, Lydia and I went to Disneyland or Disney. Yeah, Disney World in Florida. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's hard. It's uh, yeah, it's Disney World, but yeah, so. And we had so much fun. Yeah. Wait, when did you guys go? We got to go in March. Did they have the new Tron coaster? Was no. It yeah, we were like oh. a week from it opening. Yeah, literally. Yeah. We got uh, to see them doing tests, though. That's cool. Yeah. It was that's so really much fun. Cool. Like, every morning I would wait. I barely slept, I feel like. I would, like, we'd go to, I mean, we didn't, like, stay up late. You know, it's it's Disney. Mm-hmm. Like, what are we doing? Like, we were drinking during the day, but, you right. know, we're going back to our hotel exhausted by the latest like 11 then i would wake up like immediately at 6 a.m like i felt like a little kid again it was so fun i can see why people go back time and time again because it just felt very it's it channeled something in me like it, it felt yeah yeah it, it brought out the very kid you, you know it's yeah. very yeah to go at my at 32 so years old <laughs> this was the move this was the year for movies though as i said like usually the crux of the podcast is music you know going through my top 10 this was the year for movies. There was really good horror films. Oh, there yeah. was, I mean, my favorite movie of the year, I believe, was Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. What did you all think about that as far as, like, we're talking about Marvel comic books, movies kind of losing their glimmer, but not Sony's Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. They still got it. That was... <laughs> Across the Spider-Verse, I have to set my can down and talk about this. <laughs> that was so uh so the first one, um, it's into is first, and yeah, then across into. and then beyond, I think. Yeah. Into was such a delightful surprise. Mm-hmm. Like I remember it came out with like not much fanfare. 
kind of marketed but not much and so seeing that and then instantly it becoming one that i was like well i'm gonna go home and buy that once it's available to buy yeah oh it's on netflix cool guess i'm restarting that subscription i'm gonna watch that over (laughs) and over again it's one that i watched so many times and then to sit down in the theater for uh the second one i keep mixing up all the titles across to sit down for across and you get that beautiful like 10 minute opening like montage about like uh gwen and gwen's life Mm -hmm. and then you're so soaked into the story of gwen and the beautiful kind of like paint strokes images and everything how gwen's world is set up and then the title card drop after you're like you were like wait what this film hasn't even started yet and i'm over here crying it was just such a surprise and a delight I just, I love that movie so much. It's definitely like at the top, top of my list. I'm excited to see what they're going to do with the third one, but a little concerned because like it sounds like they're burnt out over there. They keep saying oh, yeah. like, we're not going to hit 2024 or whatever they just said. Just because the animation is so intense. Oh, man. Such I, crazy I mean, it's animation. such a visual delight, so we can wait oh, if we have to. So <laughs> it's good. a great story. It's so fun to watch. Loved it. And it's so cool that... um I'm sure you guys know this, but that Lego sequence in there, that was like a, I think, 14 or 12 year old little boy that did that on YouTube. Oh, really? And they were like reaching out to him. They're like, we need you to do this. And I, I saw like a Q&A with them and they were like, he thought it was a scam at first. And so his mom emailed us back and was like, are you guys for real? But just how they incorporate so many different art styles, so many different backgrounds with like the... I forget the name of it, but the Mumbai world, I think, with that Spider-Man in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just so, ugh, blew me away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It. It's so much fun to Sucker see for the... multiverse mm-hmm. stuff. Like yeah, I mean, the visualization of different worlds is so fun in any, in any movie. Anytime we get to see it brought to life, I don't know, it's uniquely exciting and curious. But, I mean, if we want to continue to talk about movies, I have an entire separate column about for horror movies yeah oh, let's yeah. jump in let's jump in and we don't have to go into all of them but i just don't want us to conclude without talking a little no. bit about the horror genre because i'm a big horror movie buff and i have to give my favorite i know it's like it's tight because talk to me was great but i have to give it to infinity pool interesting with the homie alexander skarsgård i'm obsessed with him in general i love his family like as an acting family Anything that he or his little brother is in, for example, I'm like instantly transfixed. They are wonderful. There's something like deep-seated, I think, in my uh, Norwegian ancestry and like Viking blood (laughs) that's like, that guy is so hot. Oh, my God. They're not even that hot. Like, they're not even that good looking. But like, that's also part of it. But Infinity Pool, if you have the stomach for it, not because it's gory, just because it's so deeply disturbing and bizarre. If you're into those kinds of scary movies, highly recommend. It's almost like a sci-fi horror yeah. movie. I don't know. It blew me away. It's a thriller for sure. It's yeah. something, it's very hard to do horror unique anymore. And Talk To Me did it as well. It's right. very hard to write a unique, fresh story in horror or any type of scary sci-fi genre. And they did it. I mean... You can't even, you're watching it and you're going, what is going on? I started to, it was so deeply disturbing. I started, I was completely sober watching it by the (laughs) way. I started to second guess my own reality. Yes. And that's when you know the movie is good. Yeah. (laughs) So highly recommend that's, I have to give top 
for Infinity Pool. Did you see it? Yes, <laughs> I just watched that. I think a month ago. And can we have a moment of celebration for Mia Goth? Oh my oh, god! Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like she, Shia LaBeouf's wife. Whew, she was so good in that that final scene where they're like taunting him outside of the bus and like chasing him away. And just I think she's also in Pearl and X. Yes, I, I've only that seen trilogy, yeah. right? I've yeah. only seen Same. Pearl, but um. What uh she's amazing. Yes, yes Infinity Pool is up there. She's so <laughs> creepy. She's creepy. But loved Infinity Pool, loved the sci-fi aspect of it, as you're saying, with like what happens when you're being punished. I didn't read anything about it. I just saw the like, Yeah, we just poster. jumped in. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I Crazy. didn't know what to expect either. I was just I think, you know, probably saw a trailer and I'm like, oh, that looks creepy, but they don't mm-hmm. give enough away. You can never imagine what you're about to see. Nope. You know? Even if you see the trailer, you will never guess what the storyline is it's so perplexing and creepy Mm -hmm. what i love about film is that there's a second screen it doesn't end when you finish watching the film the the second screen moments where you hop to youtube this is something that lydia and i love to do for a couple of the movies that we'll get to the cap this uh, is watching like explainers watching like kind of diving deep in or easter eggs and that was one of the films that lydia and i did for sure uh, have to look into what do you guys think about talk to me it's on all three of our lists for films of the year i thought it was wonderful you can tell that you did a lot with a little you know wonderful love yes. the story very creepy did it keep me up at night no right, right. it wasn't it was like smile like, last year i appreciate year. this i appreciate this film and this story it was very much appreciate appreciating it i also am definitely afraid just like one of my fears of like this purgatory world so that was very scary right um you know spoiler alert it was very scary at the end like you know when she's kind of lost in there that was scary wonderful film but it didn't it wasn't the type of movie that kept me up at night i I didn't really think about it later and i was scared you know like some of the like we talked about smile which was a 2022 film that's something that keeps me up at night Mm -hmm. but talk to me was just it was just different different kind of Scary movie. It, yeah. it was a wonderful, robust story, but it didn't, Staying it didn't on the t- scare, scare me out of my pants. Or right. Anything, you know? Daniel, what do you think? It was on your... Talk to me was so good. Like, I don't know how else to say this, but it was popification. It felt kind of like pop music. If pop music could be a horror movie. I don't know how <laughs> what I'm trying to say, but like just how... Because I was having fun while watching it. It was hitting all the beats of a horror movie, which like pop music does. It, there's like structure in there and beats in it. Mm-hmm. But it was just so cool to see it. And like the montage scene of them all grabbing the hand right. at the party yeah, was just was so cool. Gen Z. Yes, it was very, very Gen, Gen Z, Z, very fresh. It felt good. And um, the way that the camera like did <sighs> 90 degree turns is incredible. I mean, what yeah, kind of machine did they need or editing booths? Like, loved it. Loved, well loved, yeah. loved it. And I think, um, shout out to the actor who plays like the friend of the person who owned the hand like there were a lot of like different countries and stuff like Mm -hmm. shutting the film down because they identify as like a trans actor and that's not even part of the storyline so i thought that was stupid and dumb to see (laughs) but i'm happy to see it being celebrated and then i think they shot enough while they were filming that that soon a short film is going to come out that's like about the first person that had the hand so keep your eyes peeled for that there's going to be like a probably attached to the dvd or something a short about that 
Yeah, I think Talk to Me came out last year. I'm just looking at notes, but again, this is not only films that came out this year. It's oh, it's films not that 2023. We, I don't think so. Not oh, from I what I'm seeing. It was, it was a, yeah. A year ago, like Daniel was saying on his uh, Reddit, you know how he's watching or looking at, you know, what is going to be predicting what's going to be the biggest films of the year. Two films that were definitely on that list a year ago are Oppenheimer and Killers of the Flower Moon, mm. which both Lydia and I got a chance to see finally mm-hmm. over the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. Let's just start with Killers of the Flower Moon. What did you all think about it? Daniel, have you seen it? I haven't seen it yet. Okay. Mm. So we just watched it this week and I thought it was incredible. I mean, Leo DiCaprio. It just he can't do it wrong, you know. It's almost like he's he's taking the place of Brad Pitt for me, as far as like quintessential AAA actors right. that can hold an entire film. Uh, great story. I love how they shined light on a story that not many people have known, based off the book, of course, great journalism uh, to bring out that story. Lydia, what do you think? That's the epitome of a film, right there. Yeah, you know, it's like three it's and a half a hours. It's wonderful. You can there. You cannot not appreciate it. Right. It's a film. The shots, the actors, uh, the dialogue. It's beautiful and very well put together. Is yep. it going to go down as my favorite film of all time? No, it's not. But it's a film, and everybody. I would recommend it to anybody. It's a wonderful film. Is Scorsese going to get best? movie of the year is he gonna finally t- get that award because he didn't get it for the irishman right. he's never gotten in his 50 50 year i mean i could career. see him i don't know what he's up against daniel you'd probably know sure but, uh i yeah I, mean, I don't well, <laughs> yeah. no i mean no i'm no i'm sorry i think killers of the flower moon beats barbie i mean it's just it's a it's a film barbie is like it's wonderful but I don't think it beats Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah, I, I just to, mean it's, they're not gonna. People don't vote based off of just right. what is the best movie because of the story and the sure. right, the writing and the right. dialogue. I'm sure, it won't. It's cultural of that impact. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of the, a lot of it's the imprint on the culture. Did you guys see Killers of the Flower Moon at home, or did you yes. go see it at the theater? See, we that did, was my, yeah. that was my holdup, and I'm in film so i hate saying this but movies are getting too long yeah, like, yeah i'm someone who has to get up and go to the bathroom a lot and so if i can watch it at home i prefer to i was really close to doing it in like two screenings i was gonna get like a saturday ticket and a sunday ticket because i have like amc a list where you get oh. three movies a week and you just pay like 20 dollars a month so i was gonna split it up into two but then it was like right around my move time and I never got the chance to see it in the theater, but you would recommend it at home. Oh you, yeah. We watched guys... it on the laptop. Okay. Yeah, we did, which is cra- Someone <laughs> crazy. Someone I know. <laughs> long story short, I mean, we, we basically ripped the film off. Uh-huh. Okay. And- someone I know had the film. <laughs> let, their la- <laughs> let their laptop on my back door. Hmm, and, who could uh, that be? Yeah, no, there was a moment an hour and a half into it where we paused and we both went pee yeah. and I got another brownie, you know? And the <laughs> crazy thing about that is some theaters started to put intermissions into it because it's three hours long. And I think like Scorsese or Apple or whoever was like, stop doing that. And I think like if you're going to do a three hour movie, Yes, you get to decide how it's presented and if you want an intermission or not, but also at a time when theaters are struggling, like build an intermission in there so they yeah. can get some more concessions sold. It just mm-hmm. Or don't make it three hours, so I don't know. Capping off the movie chat before we move into TV here, Oppenheimer. That was a film that Lydia and I watched and then we 
did a what explainer not because we don't know the story you can read the wikipedia page and learn the story but just learning about all the aspects with christopher nolan i mean they really blew up a bomb yes. they really invested so much money into this film i mean barbie brought in a billion this brought in not even half and it was 200 million dollar budget christopher nolan is probably my favorite director though i mean interstellar is far and away my favorite one of my favorite films of all time oh yeah uh my favorite of his but the dark knight's just right behind and all i mean all three batman movies as we've already discussed i loved oppenheimer killian murphy is just incredible also yes in the dark knight. yeah also yes. in the dark knight yeah he's so good did you see oppenheimer I did saw, you watch that in theaters then? yeah i went to so in the bay area we have an imax there but it's like one of the 20 in the country that's 70 millimeter on top of it so it was on film at imax so there was like for months like probably three months that theater was booked and you couldn't you had to like think about a month in advance if you wanted to go see oppenheimer so i did do that twice and it was just so amazing i think my first time i was a little bit soft on it because they didn't like tell you when you booked your ticket or send you an email to say like, there are no trailers ahead of this. Like we're starting right at the time on your ticket because this film is so big. We can't fit trailers. So I missed the first three minutes the first time where they kind of explain like fusion versus fusion versus whatever. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. the black and white versus the color and how that's fusion and that's fission. And you're supposed to watch it in that way, all leading to this moment. So I missed that the first time, but the second time seeing it, I just like fell in love with it in the Mm -hmm. score. And also shout out to Emily Blunt. Who's like very like subdued. She doesn't get much screen time in there, but when she was on screen, I was just like, huh? What her, I really loved her and, and, just amazing. She Love was able to pull that Jim in the office yes. type moments where just looking at the camera or looking towards the camera. And especially when he's kind of getting questioned about what, oh. he, what he had to do with the so Russian good. spy in quotes. So Like good. that situation. And she's like hearing that he's already told her that he cheated on her. Mm-hmm. He's such a womanizer. He's such mm-hmm. a piece of crap. I mean, I know he's like a genius. Yes. And he single-handedly in a way ended the war for right us but killed hundreds of thousands of people which they did not shy away from in the script mm-hmm. i mean they did not shy away from the horrors and like the years that trickled out after that oh what a film yeah that so i mean I, any other year that probably would be my favorite film but i'm just so attached to spider-man across the spider-verse oh, amazing lastly uh just before we jump into it's more tv so we can kind of segue into it but american symphony lydia and i just watched this last week with john baptiste the year he won i think it was last year winning album of the year and he's putting together this american symphony orchestral performance mm-hmm. were tour yeah it was beautiful i love documentaries and it was a very well told story and very emotional yeah one it's of those on netflix so if anybody wants to check it out yeah uh, one of those that I went away with downloading his records and j- want to jump into that album of the year cause, um, just to see, hear more from him. I'm told it's about him making that album, but then there's like the story of his wife and like yes. the illness yeah, that, she's that going makes through. It extra beautiful. I'm not that that's beautiful, but mm-hmm. the duality of being this kind of unknown ish person mm-hmm. and then also working up to this fame while you're dealing with the weight of the love of your life 
potentially dying from wow. very Leukemia, serious right? cancer mm-hmm. and her also trying to cheer you on from the sidelines but not really being able to be present for a lot of it is a beautiful story wow so really listeners don't. playing at home if you stuck with this all the way to here you're about to hear us kind of veer out of film and jump into a different kind of film on the small screen tv yes let's jump into some favorite shows of the year I'm going to just go ahead and kick it off with my favorite show of the year, which is surprising to some because last year was Succession. Season four just ended, but The Bear, season two, mm-hmm. blew me away. As a Chicago boy, Daniel, <laughs> what are your thoughts on the birth, the for, beef, for the, the bear? For the listeners at home, I just threw my beanie off and took my glasses <laughs> off. The Bear, season two man i where to begin season one was so good like season one's great i love season one but i find myself re-watching an episode from season two probably like once a week mm-hmm. or at least a youtube clip or something or thinking about it mm-hmm. or seeing like a still from it show up on like my feed and being like oh that was a really good scene mm-hmm. it is like permeated my mind mm-hmm. in a way that season yeah, one didn't especially the theme and i'm sure you two can relate of like the every second counts theme oh, and there's yeah. always a clock ticking down in the background so good such amazing performances um how do you how do you direct people in a room arguing about how to remove the lockers to repaint <laughs> or how do you direct like that like how how is the the editing room must have been horrible because they're they're talking over each other but the shots have to get get on each of the actors saying that no we don't want to move the lockers because the locker we can just paint over the lockers we just watched the first three episodes last night yeah. of season two because of just how much we've loved that show but yes uh, every second counts has permeated my entire life since yes. June May June when I first watched it. So much so that going back to our discussion of moments of the year, Shelby and I on the flight to New York from Des Moines, we watched episode six, which is with uh, Cousin mm-hmm. and Cousins dealing with not knowing his purpose in all of the season. Even in episode one, which we saw last night, he's talking to uh, Carmen. He's like, you know, what is what is purpose? And I've, I've had this like thing over the last few years about man's man needs purpose, man. Mm-hmm. You need purpose in life to kind of drive you forward. You know, it's not you can't just be looking for the next like you need to have like a, a place in this world. And so that is just it resonated with me so much. And in that episode six, her and I watched that as we were landing in New York City. Oh. Every second counts. And he's learning that, OK, cleaning every fork effing matters and just oh yeah so yeah that's in such an important show to me uh i want to get that tattooed i'm not even like a i've never even worked in a restaurant right you know but it's like like you said it permeates into all aspects of life Mm -hmm. and so So shelby and i got four hours of sleep in new york city in 40 hours (laughs) because every second counts yeah and then the first season i honestly was not that in love i was like this is a good show right i'll continue to watch it because it's so intense the second season i yeah and coming from kind of a chaotic home life then watching a show where everyone's always raised voices and arguing, I was like, this is way too stressful. Right. But the second season made it all worth it because I was like, this is actually a piece of art now. Like it's not, I didn't feel like it was just people yelling at each other anymore. Yeah. It, a lot of the scenes are high stress, but it was more artfully done. I felt like, and I really fell in love with the show because of season two. 
Yeah. It's so good. Incredible. Season three is going to be, it's just wrapped the writing, I believe, and it's going to start filming in February. Yeah. Can't wait. And Jeremy Allen White, not to toss it back to the big screen, but I'm all, I almost pre bought tickets twice this week to Iron Claw, where he is one of the, Mm-hmm. It's a re- wrestling movie coming out on the 22nd. Can't wait. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be it so good. It looks so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know we like wrestling, so those two things together, it's like, yeah. Yes, please. It's going to yeah. be amazing. Other shows that kind of captivated you all this year? I mean, I guess I can segue I into- think you should leave. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, Daniel. Season two. Are you oh, a fan? Oh, my gosh. We watched some in France, and uh, yeah. you guys turned me on to it in France. I love it. I didn't. I, I think I watched an episode or two of season two, but love, love, it's love it. It's too funny. It It's my favorite thing. Just quoting it, talking about it, sending little videos back and forth. (laughs) Yeah. He just permeates. Yeah, he's like a meme everywhere. I I love him. So, I mean, clearly not a serious show, but it is one of my top. It's got a star by it on my notes. It was one of my favorite of the year. And also what we do in the shadows, if we want to talk about non-serious shows. What was it? Season four? Season five. Season five. Um, that show is so funny and it's such a feel good show for me as well. Sean and I love watching it. So that's a good, yeah, name. it's the vampire show for people playing at home. It's like a comedy It's based off of a film and like what, at in the nineties or whatever, what we do in the shadow. I don't know I don't if remember. it goes all the way back to the nineties, but yes, it's Taika based Watiti. off of a movie. Yeah. Taika Waititi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Really good. Uh, as far as other things, just to mention, Lydia and I love to watch, planet earth type films or documentaries on like nature so kind of coinciding with that life on our planet with morgan freeman i know i love david attenborough i mean he's the goat but morgan freeman did a phenomenal job talking about from basically the inception of the big bang to where we are now we just finished that as well this week it's pretty mind-blowing is that on netflix yes yep oh wow (laughs) yeah yeah and it goes to like one of the things that we learned this week about how like uh we our ears were gills then through evolution you know we didn't need gills as we got onto land you know that kind of thing that's crazy but the other mind-blowing documentary that would be remiss if i didn't mention was the 100 blue zones around the world which chronicled a 20 plus year career of this guy traveling across the world to find why people can live to be 100 in certain places versus not living to be you know like us we have a 73 your life expectancy as men in the U.S., 78 right. or 7 for women. That's where you're supposed to say, yeah, girls yeah, rule. girls rule. <laughs> Boys rule. <laughs> but no, uh, but he chronicles like, you know, in Okinawa, Japan, for instance, this is what they do. This is their lifestyle. This is what they eat. This is how they keep keep their tribe. This is they walk or bike to the church or the monastery or wherever they practice religion. But religion brings about a tribe and brings about communal experiences daily and it just it just goes on and on and i just love that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff life extension through just living holy is really interesting to me it's a huge aspect of my daily life i try to live through where was that on streaming that's also Also on on netflix Netflix. (laughs) all right yeah netflix is favorite show of the year yeah Um, i think the bear season two right the bear is it all of ours yeah (laughs) oh is that yours too lydia I mean, you know me. I never pick favorites really mm. on this. 
<laughs> on our end of the year podcast. But yeah, it's definitely up there for sure. It's so good. The Last of Us was wonderful too. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I just finished rewatching that with my mom. I got my mom to watch Whoa. that. It was like 72 and she hates violence. She hates like scary things. But the story of Last of Us is just so like good about survival and having people around you and what that means she mm -hmm. finished it in a night like last night in this Whoa, morning wow. she was like binge watching it she loves it it's so 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 good love yeah. last of us and i just want to mention too before we move on from tv is blue eye samurai it's also on netflix and brandon paulson oh. friend of the show also he turned me on to this show very recently and I just wanted to shout him out and say thank you. But it's an animated show and it's very good. Yeah. I've, I'm obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> really good gender dynamics in that show as well. Mm -hmm. Kind of Mulan-esque. I mean, it's a space off a of samurai and kind of just playing with that uh, motif. So uh, Brandon gave us that great wreck. But I kind of want to hear about Daryl Dixon, Daniel. I want to hear if that's a good enough show to, for us to dive into. Yes. Is this based off the Walking Dead universe? Yes. Okay. So I did watch some of the Walking Dead when that was like airing and like on AMC back in the day. And then I was like everyone else once um negan shows up yeah it was like the turning point literally that's like, what happened to me <laughs> nope i'm not watching this anymore like they're doing the cliffhanger and then it just got crazy but daryl dixon i listened to this podcast called the watch me too the Ringer. Yeah, which is a ringer podcast and they on there were hyping it up so i was like okay i'll try the first episode and it's just Daryl is the only character from The Walking Dead that you see in there. And I won't spoil it, so I'll say that for now. Daryl's just in there, and it's set in France. It's like six episodes. And what's different between it and The Walking Dead is that there are so many just like quiet moments of Daryl walking through the French countryside and like just beautiful shots and like moments to reflect on life and it it like it's not as good as the last of us i wouldn't say but if you watch the last of us and you're still kind of hungry for that feeling okay. like watch that it's okay really, well i appreciate really that because otherwise because i was just so over the walking dead that i would no. not have given that the time of day watch it so but with your recommendation he's clearly one of the coolest char characters other than what's her name with the sam Shimon? michonne michonne, yeah, michonne. thank yeah. you yeah. She, oh. like Daryl and Michonne were my favorite characters just for badassery. You know, yes. both of them, their weapons are so cool. Uh, and he was always one of my faves is my point. And so I would love to watch it. But I was also like, oh, I'm so over it. It's just going to be another cheesy uh, Toyota Equinox like commercial or whatever. Yeah. AMC good. really stuck in mid 2010s you know i yes. mean with breaking bad then they had mad men and of course the walking dead made them hundreds of millions of dollars but good to hear that amc's got that licensing still with the walking dead and still rocking it with daryl dixon so good six part huh uh six parts each like 50 minutes so just if like after i head out of here tonight you guys have time or this weekend pop the first episode yeah. on it's mm -hmm. what's it so on? good I had to do AMC Plus through Amazon was how okay. I did it. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I think HBO has some AMC stuff. 
All right, you've been hearing us jam on our favorite stuff of the year. Of course, you can send us your letters at seananlydia at gmail.com, all spelled out, if you want to share about your favorite stuff of the year. But Lydia, what do we have to look forward to in 2024 besides this great presidential election? Uh, oh gosh, don't even mention that. <laughs> what a cycle this you know, is going to be. You know, we have so many things to look forward to in 2024, and one thing that we wanted to conclude on with the listeners at home is just thinking about sort of like what our wishful, I guess, resolutions. I don't, I don't know if I want to call it a resolution, but just what you're looking for, like maybe like a personal goal of yours, so to speak. So I guess if I'm going to have the pressure of going first, uh, and I didn't know that we were going to be talking about this, so I don't have anything necessarily prepared, but I can just jump in there. As I look forward to 2024, Sean and I, the home that we're living in right now is a wonderful home, but it was kind of meant to be more of our starter home. So we're either looking to potentially remodel aspects of this home or move into a bigger space. So as far as like personal belongings go, that's a goal of ours is to expand and have a little more room for our home offices. And, you know, if we're thinking more spiritually speaking, uh, it's just... This year, I think, will be really important for solidifying my purpose, I feel like, on this planet. As I'm going to be 33 on June 1st, and I feel like it's time to start aligning what I'm doing in my day-to-day with my soul's purpose. And so a goal of mine is to, whether it becomes my career or just a hobby, is to be doing more of what make, instead of just typing on a computer and just making ends meet, so to speak, I want to start leaning into what I feel are my gifts and start giving them actually back to the world. And so honing in on my skills, for example, I enjoy writing poetry and I would like to start doing more of that and give more of that back to the world and actually taking action on a lot of things that have been in my mind. Like Sean and I bat ideas back and forth a lot. And there are some things that we can actually probably bring into the physical realm instead of just talking about them. Yeah, I think that a lot of this last few years might be the pandemic, might just be me kind of getting a little comfortable. Have I haven't really given myself some breathing room and time to kind of nurture those creative aspects of myself, building out anything or like something. I mean, we took 10 months off of this podcast, listeners playing at home, so you understand. But yeah, I haven't been creative. I have not kind of tapped into that and nurtured that part of myself so i'm with you there getting a bigger newer house i mean it doesn't even have to be newer but just something that we can kind of spread our wings a little bit more i mean we're both working from home full time and i'm in the kitchenette like i mean i need i need to have my own space resolutions are kind of cliche but i mean it is a good way to reset i love the new the aspect of a fresh week let alone month and especially a year so that is uh, that's definitely something I'm looking forward to. So Daniel, I want to hear more about your 2024, maybe like a resolution or kind of like goals for you. Yeah, this year is going to be big changes. I'm moving down to LA most likely in February once I'm done at uh, Sundance and Salt Lake. So what I'm really looking forward to is putting myself out there more, like from what I've seen of my friends and learned, like you can't be a little isolated introvert like I've been in the Bay Area, go home and just watch stuff on YouTube and hang out. You have to be like there for your people in your circle and like 
making new friends, especially in a move to any new city, that's very important. Mm -hmm. So I think my resolution slash what I'm looking forward to this year is just being out there more like physically and emotionally for people, but also like having some kind of presence online, even if that's just being on Instagram because I'm not really on there either. <laughs> I just kind of creep on there and like people's <laughs> stuff. So I'd like to be able to just have a present, take up more space in 2024. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you have a lot of space to give and a lot of space to take up and welcome me. We would welcome you to take up more of our space. Oh, you being here you. gave us a creative spark to get back on the Sean and Lydia Happy Hour, episode 17. Thank you so much for sticking with us through this hour and a half long podcast, tapping off our favorite stuff from 2023 and just kind of sharing our, our lives with you. So this has been Sean, Lydia, and Daniel. Hi. And cheers. We, and cheers and we out. <laughs> we out. We out. 2023 can suck my dick and I guess I'm going to suck 2024's dick. <laughs> oh.